Yes. All right, it's the Thursday show. Pressing the button. Yippee. Roll it. Hi, Mrs. Ryan. Hello, hello. I always love it when you're excited. That always makes it much better for me. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> there we go, bringing it. Welcome hello. back, Mrs. Ryan. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. That yeah, is what it is. All right. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody at home. Uh, we are here in the Late Night Playset. My name is Jay Ryan. This is Nicole Ryan. We are the Ryans. And uh, we've got a fantastic guest for everyone this evening. Miss Martina Kwan is here, a uh, female race car driver and a good friend of ours, somebody we see at all the events. Uh, she's going to be in here to talk about all the things, all the things. Not only Porsche, too. You race Porsche, but also Celine, I think, as well. We're going to talk about all that stuff. Uh, Mrs. Ryan, how the heck are you doing? Oh, my God. I'm great, husband guy. <laughs> Uh, I'm fine. It's been a super stressful week. Yeah, it has uh, for you. Why is that? A lot of business stuff that people don't understand. It, it, things take weird turns, and I'm not always. I used to plan everything out, and I'm very like rigid. A lot of and so when things switch on me and change, what, what switched on you? So that we can, maybe we can. Um, help. Does anybody know what you're talking about? I made a kerfuffle about booking some dates for January, so I'll own that right now. Oh, okay. Our first week back. But also budget stuff that, like, different languages, semantics, words mean stuff. And you say that a lot often about just life. And I feel like there's a lot of intersections that people don't realize they trip into sometimes, myself included. Yeah, that's true. Semantics are just tricky. So. Do you mean, like, when people are talking out of turn and they don't even realize it? Or do you mean... When someone uh, thinks they understand, what what exactly do you mean? Uh, assumption of understanding is something I deal with with health stuff often. Yeah, and I am you know I'm narcissistic about that stuff. Sorry, <laughs> working on it, but I do find that that happens casually often as well. People assume words they assume they understand things or that things work a certain way and they don't and it puts other people in situations and it's just one of those things we all have to figure out i do know what you mean but is this a human problem or is this something going on that's very specific is this just one of the things where like we as humans have a thing where we all do this is it that kind of thing and someone or some people are falling into that category or is this something like specific it, you know what i'm saying right like is it somebody who's or is it and I'm not trying to lead the witness here. It's a combination of both. And oh, that's the intersection we all fall into of like wanting to do a good job and be good versus doing the right thing versus being present, which is not always even part of the uh, the equation. That's so, a balancing act for all of that stuff. Yeah. And I'm bad at all of them. So I get to teach <laughs> all the pieces <laughs> when it can go well, how it can go well. So you're learning and teaching at the same time? I feel like I, that may be all of us. I think that's all of us, and I'm grateful to have people like you and, and angel advisors and angel investors that I can talk to because yeah. I'm lost as shit and want to navigate things the right way. Yeah, it's weird. Life reshuffle, we talk about a lot on this show. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but we talk about a life reshuffle a couple of years ago, and it's kind of funny when you – a lot of people may not 
if they've never gone through one or don't know what that means, they probably don't really know what exactly that means. And it's kind of like you have to throw out everything and everything you knew and everything you thought you knew and everything you thought you were working towards and everything you were working towards, all of the stuff in order to make room for everything new. And it's, it's kind of that simple. It's one of those where, you know, we all build these lives in our minds and, and whatever we want and what we're working towards and all that stuff. And it's kind of all a fake reality. It's not, it's not happening yet. You know what I mean? These are the things that we're working towards. So that is uh, – it's wet matter. It changes constantly. So some people are more goal-driven. We're like, oh, you reach this point, then you reach this point, and then you reach this point. And then some people, I think, more artistically are a little more creative. And I think you're falling into that category these days, which I think may be why you're having a struggle – because you're so used to doing it the analytical way. Um, it's a more fluid system. It's like, well, we just, we moved in that direction and we're always moving in that direction and we don't exactly know, but it's, we know it's good and we know it's happening. And, you know, the thing with, we're going to get to day watch, of course, but the thing with Letterman's guy, I mean, that's happening, you know? I mean, yeah, it's a comment from our typical, usual, bitter commenter uh, uh, about that. And it's like one of those, we, we, we can't let that get to us. I do, I let it get to me all the time, but I, I can't, you talk me out of it. I take it on myself. <laughs> so I guess maybe you're going through the same thing that I always go through, and that's the artist struggle, which is you're trying to please everybody. That's not possible. You can only play for yourself and then hope that other people – and do it for good reasons and hope that other people come along. Yes, and I get caught up and I put my foot in my mouth about that all the time because I want to do the right thing for everyone, and that's not possible. <laughs> no, that's what turns you into the old chameleon, which made you so good at your old job but made you bad at being a person and – it's a bad life model. Together. Yeah. Not great. You were worried more about everybody else than yourself. Yes, yeah, so now I'm redesigning that mental construct. <laughs> I'm glad we took the time to talk about that. Me too. Thank you for bringing it up. Thank you for staying with us while we did it. Thanks, guys. Martina, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, what do we have to do? Oh, you know what? I wanted to ask you this because it's been on all of the uh, – almost anything I've looked at today talks about the last full moon of the year, and you're into that stuff, mm -hmm. and it's today, I think. It was this morning or oh. last night, depending on what time zone you're in. You're kidding. 12-12 12, 12 in the morning on the 12th of December. Is that true? Is 12, yes. Oh, gosh, I wish – I was awake at that time because, you know, I was working and <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't want to get into it. I, I mean, I'll just tell you because we were letting everyone. I was sitting on the toilet at that time. I was going to the, going to the bathroom and there was a skylight in our bathroom and I, I didn't turn the light on because it was late. And I noticed that there's a nightlight in there, but I noticed that the bathroom was very illuminated. And I looked up and I was looking up at that, what I thought was a day shy of the full moon, but apparently it was probably the full moon at almost exactly that probably moment. Probably almost right just then. That's awesome. So I saw it then. I didn't miss it this time. No, you All saw right. it. But is it, isn't there like there's an energy? Is there something, you know? It's a Gemini full moon, which is the sign of the twins, which is duality just inherently. Good and evil, light and dark, like the cottons of the spectrum. Oh. And it's also the last full moon of the year. Right. So there's all, and there's a ton of energy. 1212, 12, that's a thing, right? 12, that's 12, a, it's a portal. In the old days. It's a portal, astrologically speaking, 1212, the date is a big deal. So that this was on 1212 on the East Coast it was also a big deal. So there's a lot to it. Yeah, I think so. Um, we didn't, we did, uh, uh, can I change the subject? Mm -hmm. Can I get on to show stuff? Yes. Sorry, I realized <laughs> clock's ticking. Yeah. We're just, hey, everybody. Uh, we got another. Uh, <laughs> this was something that was sent to you a couple, uh, I think it was maybe even a couple weeks. It was during the break. And it went um, onto the coffee table, and it went onto the shelf, and uh, uh, we, then we came back to the show, and we forgot to bring it up. Somebody sent you a lovely gift the other day oh, that, uh, that arrived in the mm -hmm, arrived in the mail, 
and it's the latest edition of oh there's no way you can see that well it's flat six love affair i'll get a close-up of that after we'll put it in uh it's bart uh i always say his name wrong i used to say cukins but i think it's kikins kikins i didn't say it right to his face and i just called him bart and we laughed and his book is gorgeous well did you notice what he wrote to you no it's 301 of 911 and then it's signed of course but he wrote see you soon nicole bart Oh, uh, what I was taking with, of course, if anybody out there, you probably already have this. Uh, uh, the, these books are fantastic. The photography is beautiful. Um, and the stories are great. There's little blurbs of who each person is and why the car, etc. Um, but what I was taking with more um, as I was flipping through was how many people we know both in it and who contributed to it. There's many, many people and faces that we know in this book from the names that everybody knows, like Magnus and John Benton and Rod Emery. But also, like, Kevin Lynch is in here and... Um, uh, who else did I see? But Maria Britt Pop-Tart is in here. No way. And, and God, that with, with their cars. And, um, and beyond that, uh, some of the contributors photography-wise, I noticed for sure Brittany Hamilton's name. Cool. And if she's in there, I'm assuming some of our – there's Matt, Matt Smokintyre. Anyway, highly recommend. This is a gorgeous, gorgeous book full of beautiful photography, the Flat Six Love, where most, most of you uh, Porsche people already know about the series. But, I know uh, him and Zwart were down in Miami. Uh, that was the thing they invited us Art to Basel. at the Art Basel, yeah. So that's a great uh, art event. I remember it from my old PR days, but it's a, that fits in beautifully, perfectly with that event. And you got a new Porsche book. Thanks, Art. <laughs> Bart. Bart. Jesus. <laughs> I'm so glad we're both weird about Nancy and I. <laughs> Uh, okay, there's that. Uh, I got a TBT video. It's kind of short. Okay. Can roll it? Yeah. All right. Or, I mean, do we have, we still got time? All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, you know what? East Coast Feed and a TBT. We got both. Which one do you want first? Uh, East Coast Feed. Right. East Coast Feed. Roll it hell. East Coast Feed. So, hey, someone got a whoopee cushion today from one of my clients as the funniest toy ever. And what else did they give you? What else did they give you? What are you eating? What are you eating? How much are you eating? Lollipop and one more thing. What does it do? Show them. So cool. That was it. We just wanted to say whoopee cushion fun on a Friday evening. Say hi to Hershey and Brooke. There they are. There we go. Bye, guys. Say bye, Jane Nicole. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my god, that house—that house has to be so loud. I was thinking the same thing when I look inside that place. I remember when he bought that place. Um, I just—it has—it was—it's in. I can say this is in Danbury, Connecticut. But once you get inside, uh, step over the threshold, you are full blown in Queens. That's what, <laughs> that's what his house looked like in Queens when he grew up with his family and the stuff everywhere and the kids and the more toys for the adult than the kids. Outstanding, and it's the best possible life uh, that that guy could have made for himself. It's all the things he loves. Yeah, and it shows. He looks so happy every yeah. time. I'm so glad. I'm proud to call that guy one of my best friends in the entire world. Love you, Danbury Chives, Steve Kaz, uh, and the whole family. Now there's a whole whole freaking family attached to him. Yeah, <laughs> and by right. default, because I'm married into it, I love you guys too, and I'm so glad to have met you. <laughs> they love you too. Uh, TBT, Mrs. Ryan. Okay, roll it out.
I'm the donut man. There's, there's Mrs. Ryan right over there. Good morning. Sherwood one. Plus this little guy. I do. Oh, I mean, anything donuts like that. <laughs> I've, I've donut easy. Man. Those were good donuts too. They made a Boston I'm... cream that was off the charts. I know. I remember good donuts. That's funny. <laughs> we go back there. Uh, uh, shout out to Sherwood Lee who put that whole thing together and puts together a wonderful monthly event that um, goes on over it and locking you out of there. A lot of fun. Usually it's just a car show thing, but there was a drive, and and actually it happened. Last weekend, and it was sort of rained. The weather wasn't that, that great. Well, okay. Um, but uh, Sherwood Lee is so great. And then Chuck Miller there at the end. We haven't seen him in a while, and he's just one of the best guys in the world, and we're such fans of his. Such fans of you, Chuck. Please come back and talk to us soon. Can't wait to see you, bud. Uh, Mrs. Ryan, it's time to ask the question. That's all. I've got it all. Ready? <laughs> it's time to ask the question that's on everyone's mind. What's going on, Mrs. Ryan? dun 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 uh, I will cut this down. Uh, okay. A vision is a thing for AI as in like how we drive cars and how machines do things, right? Like that's just part of future life. Um, Sensors? Vision? Cameras? The vision of artificial intelligence. So like what they take in and oh, yeah, how okay. they understand what they see. Um, that's the new, that's the focal point of a new study. It, and there's new, I'm glad, I, here's the thing, I don't like the automation element of any of this, but it is what it is and it's happening. Mm -hmm. So I'm just grateful that people are not just stopping with, oh, we can do this. Like there's a company that's like creating different perspectives, visual, different visual perspectives for AI to learn like 
Chairs are sometimes upside down. It's still a chair. What? Chairs, in some, depending on what you look at, can be upside down. It's still a chair. And so, so right now they don't, AI doesn't know Oh, I see your point. Yes, the visual perspectives. I see your point. I see your point. I see your point. Humans and animals are differentiated very much so. A cat's will often look at you upside down and they're able to, no problem, fish, often similar thing. Yeah. Okay. And we talked to you. Boy, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so that's the new, that's a new love layer that we're going to. Yeah, which is great. It kind of goes along with. I know we talked about it yesterday with Jordan. I can't remember if it was on the show or not, but people understand things differently and yes. they take information in differently. And this is just an expansion of machines to do too. Yeah. So l- before you just put all your faith in whatever you think knows everything, whether it's a person or a computer or a something telling you how to drive your car look at how it's learning like what can you do to help expand the breadth of knowledge it's basing its common sense on man that's wild it's enough i don't want everything comes down to geometry if you believe some things and how some people are so this almost is a type of you know what i mean like dimensionality comes down to geometry and things like that uh i wonder if this may be the same thing that that's you know where it'll end up ultimately yeah, it's a chair when you spin it from every direction and everything, and then you end up with, oh, it's that geometry, you know, like the circles and the pattern of life and all that stuff. It's all weird. Yeah. We're in the middle of evolution, so that is real. So everyone <laughs> can just understand that that's, that's what it is. That's always going on. But, like, this is just part of the process. So I this is expanding the perspectives of AI as part of the process. Someone's doing it. I'm just super glad. Um Okay, similarly speaking, of expanding perspectives that I'm not totally sure about and I'm bored with, but I'm fascinated and curious. In the UK, a new research study is showing that um, you can get similar results to putting um, like basically emojis of exercises compared with uh, nutrition facts. Showing people like you have to walk a certain amount of time to eat this bag of chips. Oh, yeah, that's great. In some cases, it works. It, there's already the backlash of like, what about anorexics and like disabled? In the, and in the 90s or something, at some point, it was like three flights of stairs. We'll take care of this Hershey bar or something like that. You know, It's all coming back around. Okay, but now okay. that nutrition labels are mandated, that's expanding to say, how do you define what that means? Right. I think we've talked about, well, I don't want to. We've talked about this before. My dad was in the advertising industry, and he was around when they, when the government made the nutrition fit, when it first really? became a so thing. Really? They had everything. To, mm-hmm, one of their clients was General Foods. So, of course, that's Kraft. It's Campbell's Soup. It's almost everybody. It's all of the stuff. And they had to, they took that opportunity to redo all of their packaging at that time since they had to anyway. Uh, and it was a big deal. And this would have been in the early 90s. I remember remember learning about that. So they're still they're now. doing it again, where it's a, there's a new mandated thing, and it'll just be different information now, or more information. In the UK, they're exploring that as a possibility. Cool. We'll see. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, okay, this is just funny to me, so I'll end on this one. In <laughs> Florida, a high school bus was evacuated because uh, of Axe body spray. <laughs> Because of Axe body spray? Yeah. like Some, As in somebody sprayed it and it was just too sexy? <laughs> it was just too potent. Okay. Not like they there was a label was ripped off and they thought it was a bomb. No, it was just too toxic. 
people aren't sure if it was a prank or if okay. it was just someone putting on too much like we used to do with perfume. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so everyone can expand their understanding of what smells mean now because yeah. there's no need for respiratory problems, which is what happened and why this bus was evacuated yeah. of high school students. I remember when I was a kid, and I'm not positive of this, but I'm pretty sure when I was like a really little kid, the bus driver was smoking. You know what I mean? I'm pretty yeah. sure because it wasn't a thing. <laughs> Everything's I vaguely have a memory of a bus driver I had that was smoking. I feel like I do too. That's <laughs> so weird to so think So it's kind of like, eh, I mean, it's all bad. What are you going to do? It's all there. All right, and that's me. <laughs> What's going on, Mrs. Ryan? Oh, no. All right. Uh, we'll skip the other stuff and uh, do a break and get our guest in here. We good? Okay. Everything yeah. else good and wrapped up? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Late Night Playset will be right back. We're going to have Martina Kwan in here for a fantastic conversation that we are both looking very much forward to. Late Night Playset will be back right after this. More to come. Say everything twice today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so delicious it's the hot sauce made by bears garlic and serrano mixed with love and care you can put it on your eggs pour it on your rice it's great on a leg it's better on a slice it's oh so delicious it's the hot sauce made by bears oh so delicious hot sauce great on everything except oatmeal get your bottle today at osodelicious.org one dollar from every bottle sold goes to the national military family association For the mic lessons. And with that, we are back and we are sitting here with Martina Kwan. Hello, Martina Kwan. Hi. How Can are I call you? you a female race car driver? Because that's how I sort of met you. <laughs> female race car driver. <laughs> um, that's not an uncommon term these days. But a couple of years ago, it was kind of like there was Danica Patrick and only a couple others. Shirley Muldowney when I was a kid in the top fuel. It's really specific. Uh, and the first day we ever saw you, we drove past your car. And look at that. It's got numbers on it. Wait a second. It's got a martini livery. No, that's not martini. It's Martina. What's going on here? <laughs> and it was on our way to the uh, that Lake Arrowhead event, right. I think. Yeah, the Porsche the timeline. Porsche timeline for PCA Riverside, I mm-hmm. think. And that was the first time we'd ever known about you, met you. And then since then, your social media has blown up. You're out driving all over the place. We see you at events. We've become friends. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Let's mm-hmm. start with... How the heck did this all get to be? Were you always into cars? When did you pick this up? Tell us anything you want to start. I mean, not really. I, you know, <laughs> I, I lived in cities growing up, you know, around uh, in different countries. And so we lived in apartments and they were sort of, you know, take public transportation, buses and trains kind of cities versus driving. Mm-hmm. So cars weren't really a big part of my life until... I moved to Florida the second time after I moved to the States because I lived in New York City for many, many years. And, of course, there you don't really need a car. You're going to go skiing, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) You rent one. mm -hmm. So where were you then before the States? Can we say that? Yeah, so I was uh, born in Hong Kong, and then we moved to uh, Beirut, Lebanon. We had to leave because of the war, and we moved to where my mom's from, which is Hamburg, Germany. And... Uh, back to the Middle East, to Bahrain. Uh, after that, we moved to Amsterdam. Back so this to is why your accent's so exotic. We can't place it. Wait, She's just exotic. 
uh, back to Hamburg, and then I graduated and started college in Switzerland before I moved here. So all of that moving was pre, call it 20 years old, something like that, early 20s? Yeah, I graduated at 17, so yes. Holy smokes. Okay, (laughs) so you're pretty smart too. All right, did you skip a grade? We had Diane here the other day. She skipped first grade. I did. I skipped it. Skip which one? Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Oh, that's That's tougher. (laughs) See, that to me would be tougher. Mm -hmm. It was tough. It's ironic because I had come from Germany. We moved to uh, Bahrain, and they gave me the admissions test. And I scored, I guess, too high on the math, so they skipped a grade. Mm. But ever since then, I sort of fell behind in math. You know, so it was sort of – and also, I I think it's important to – stay with kids your own age rather than, you know, be the youngest in ninth grade. Interesting. Yeah, so I was 13 and, and the rest were all the way up to 16 and that's sort of a really big age difference. You're going from seventh grade to high school. You're skipping eighth grade. That is, to me, so tough. I can't even imagine. I wasn't ready for high school when I got there There's at so the right age There's so many social steps in that that get messed if you skip eighth grade. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, Development-wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So I don't want to hang on that, but okay. So you skipped eighth grade and so 17 is when you graduated, Mm -hmm. but high school, high school. Yeah. Okay. Well, me too. Then in that case, yeah. yeah. She's not that smart. (laughs) Me too. You're on even playing field. (laughs) Okay. But still, so by 17 years old, you had done all that moving around. It probably Mm -hmm. helped you be a more well-rounded person, even though you might be developmentally challenged in some places. So then what happened? Uh, 17 in your Yeah, so I wasn't really ready to leave Europe. I graduated from, we went to international schools um, in Hamburg and Amsterdam, and I don't know, I really loved Europe. I had never been to the United States, so I went to um, a really small school in Switzerland, the American College of Switzerland in (coughs) Les and it was so much fun. I mean, it was in a ski resort. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it was that really... awesome college a life. Defining, uh, one of the most defining two years of my life. I made some really great friends, and we traveled every weekend uh, to different ski resorts or different cities, and it was really... Well, you brought up skiing twice, so I'm assuming you ski then. I do. Although <laughs> now with the race car driving, I have to say it's it's no longer my favorite sport. <clears throat> you know, mm. it was for so many years, and I really enjoyed it. <coughs> but um, that and horseback riding. Mm. But now I sort of don't really want to go skiing because I don't want to hurt myself. I'd rather go race car. Driving. Rather be race ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that's pretty. That's a good endorsement. All right, so we're still <clears throat> we're still at a period with no cars. Yeah. Before we get to the racing. <laughs> so then, so where are we now? So I moved from um, Switzerland. I transferred to the University of Miami, got my mm. bachelor's degree, and then... Um, and that was your first time in the U.S.? Yeah, it was such a culture shock. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and I think Miami is probably a pretty common first step into this country for a lot of people, and I don't feel that it's the most representative of the the greater part of the country. I agree with you on that. It's loud and bright and colors and international. So how did that work for you? It's American gaudy. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you brought it up because I arrived and everyone spoke Spanish and I was so confused, you know, what (laughs) got on the wrong plane. (laughs) So I wasn't quite frankly, a a huge fan at that point. Um, But so I, after I graduated, I got my first Master of Science in Hotel Management, and that was an interest that I had 
hotels, um, you know, from living in different places and traveling and airlines and things like that. You were probably kind of an expert on hospitality from your experiences <laughs> on, on, right, on the patron side. Yeah, and my stepfather was in the airline business as well, so that oh. was part of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hang on, in what capacity? Let's just, because you've swept a few things under the carpet. He was uh, manager in Hong Kong of um, MEA, which is the Middle Eastern Airlines based out of Lebanon. So before we moved he was manager to manager of an airline. Right. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. So yeah. we traveled a lot and it was, it was fun. It kind of uh, left an impact. Uh, but I got my first, you know, master in hospitality, started working for KPMG um, as a practical trainee in the national real estate and hospitality consulting practice. Uh, but I wanted to go on and uh, get a s- focus more on accounting and not stop stop at the one one degree so i they actually oh you're um, so smart that's so smart <laughs> offered to you know sponsor me for a green card kpmg in miami but i wanted to continue my education because i i thought you know in hospitality there are two ways to get to a top position like general manager but the other way is becoming a, a controller and you can only do that if you you know study accounting and not just a general you know Man, uh, hotel management degree. So I moved to Boston to Bentley University to get my second Master Jeez. of Science. That's and a little <laughs> bit more. That's a little bit more America. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was so cold. <laughs> I mean, they, didn't they pen the document up there, I think? <laughs> yeah. But uh, mostly I lived in New York City and then I would take Amtrak or, or the you know, drive up back to college, you know, half the week and then go back for half the week to New York City. Wow. And That's I, crazy. So you would drive right through Connecticut? I, I would, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, God. Long four hours of driving. Sure. But so uh, I still didn't own a car then, you know. And, and oh, really? <laughs> and you weren't taking the train? Because you can go take the train straight from oh, – maybe I shouldn't – too late now, I guess. <laughs> well, Am- Amtrak was there. Actually, I did own a car in Miami. It was my first one. It was a graduation present. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, but you don't want to drive from Miami to Boston. I was no, just thinking no, the no, New York no. to Boston run is pretty common <laughs> with people doing that. Even comedians used to do it all the time. So probably yeah. still do it all the time. Yeah. So after I graduated, I, I started working for KPMG in New York City. And that was pretty incredible. It was. Did they place you automatically because you had already had a history there? Well, they offered me an internship because I already had the practical training uh, from Miami. And this was then an audit, which is different. And so you do need the specialized accounting degree for that. And, uh, you know, accounting was important to me because my father and grandfather from Hong Kong were actually accountants. So In the blood. Yeah. Um, my grandfather was the grandfather of accounting in Hong Kong. So he was known to implement, you know, the ethical rules related to auditing and preparing financial statements and uh, just sort of uh, westernizing, you know, the systems that they were using over there. And then my father studied at Cambridge, and then he took over the firm and built it into the largest accounting firm in Hong Kong and China. Oh. <laughs> so you, so basically, you have to live up to this exactly. Okay. So that was the thing, you know. It was sort of like you know, get good grades. You know, being half Chinese and half German, that sort of the expectation. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you had done fifty other million, th- so accomplished in other places, <laughs> if you hadn't done that, you never would have been uh, right in their eyes. Is that what you were thinking? Well, yeah. Got to make do at home? There, there make are good at home? certain professions that, you know, Chinese value, and, and one is doctor, one is lawyer, one is accountant, you know, and 
you know, sort of everything else is, mm, I don't think my father would approve of me being a race car driver. <laughs> but I think, What if you were making so much money you were keeping all the accountants really busy? I mean, um, I don't think it, it's really about that, but I think he would be, he would be secretly proud, you know, and, oh. and, and think it's rather gutsy and, you know, that yes. kind of thing. So on the surface, he wouldn't approve, but deep down, he would be proud. Is your father gone? He is. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all theoretical at this point. Yeah. I'm with you. Same boat. Uh, okay, so now where are we? All right, so you, you, do New York. Ha- you do have a car. No, you don't have a car in New York at this point. You right. had one in Miami, but you're back working in the hospitality, in, the, uh, uh, in this field. Yeah, so after, you know, uh, I was a really big career woman, type A personality. I uh, really enjoyed working a lot. And my career was super important. So I, you know, worked for KPMG, uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers, Lehman Brothers. Um, I was director of accounting for the Hudson Hotel, controller for the Paramount Hotel. Those are both Ian Schrager properties. And then I had my first child. Uh, Got married and had uh, two children. And, you know, after the first one was born, moved to Connecticut. Oh, 50 miles away. Can you say where you lived? Yeah, it was north of Stamford, near Pound Ridge and Bedford. I know it very well. Sure. And I mean, literally, with the same area I grew. <laughs> nearest deli was five miles away. It was very isolated, you know, and it was a beautiful mid-century modern house. But it was, I, I knew right away, you know, after Zoe was born. I you're describing or, woods, by the way, and you seem to be a city person. I'm actually a country girl, but farms, oh. not not houses, just farms with animals. <laughs> <laughs> really, but it wasn't not farm, a Frank Lloyd Wright in the woods. I got gotcha. you exactly. Not a Frank Lloyd Wright in the woods. Um, but yeah, I, I knew I didn't want to. I couldn't not work, you know. So there are moms that are very happy staying at home, and I totally respect that as full time moms. And then there are other moms who are career women, and I would define myself more of, as a career woman. Yeah. So uh, my ex-husband and I, we started uh, our own business in luxury outdoor furniture and grew it into um, an award-winning business with nine design awards and uh, two booth design awards. And uh, the furniture is in all five, you know, five-star hotels around the world, including Four Seasons. It's in the King of Morocco's uh, palace in Rabat. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> You're amazing. You, you came in here complimenting. She's like, no, I like what you've done in here. I like, I like the super no. stuff. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> Now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> you guys are amazing. I mean, look at this place. I mean, I know All people can't way. see the whole place here, but it's – I. I I was walked into a fantasy land. In oh, here. yeah, it's a it's land a, of make believe for no, sure. No, it's like <laughs> total movie fantasy land. It's beautiful. It's dark, and it's it, it's a, totally like a, a set. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. We got here. <laughs> it got to this place. But thank you for that. Uh, so you're you're is this a mid century? I mean, I'm assuming based on the house you lived in, and then the the person you. So is it mid century style? This outdoor luxury furniture. Um. It's different. It's sort of not the norm. And uh, the factory, our factory was in Indonesia which and Philippines, which have better quality than some other countries mm-hmm. that make it. And everything was, you know, sustainable, uh, natural fibers that are truly made to last rather than 
Is the company no longer around? Oh, no, no. It's still around. Oh, okay. So um, he's still running it. Um, Should we say the name or no? Neoteric Luxury. So it's Neoteric Luxury Outdoor Collections. Beautiful. And yeah, it was really wonderful, you know, having the business. Moved uh, from New York City, started the business in New York, moved to Miami Beach. Kept growing the business and, you know, making more contacts. Had a retail showroom there as well as the hospitality clients. Well, there's your outdoor space, Miami, over New York, for sure. Yeah, and that's where I started getting into cars in Miami. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so now we're finally, finally. <laughs> That's in Miami? In Miami. Holy Is it because days. you're just surrounded by all of the exotics and really almost everything? Well, the weather was incredible. And, you know, I had um, tried BMW, Mercedes, and finally in 2011 I said, you know what, I want to get my dream car, which is the Porsche 911. <laughs> You know, now it's a GT3 RS, but at the beginning, you know, yeah, just first things first, sure. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Basics. So I ended up buying um, my first Porsche, which was a 2009 997.2. The car that we met you in, right? The That's Martino right. livery. That is now, oops, that is now my race car. Yeah. So it means the most to me. That fire horse is her name. <laughs> Fire way. Horse is her yeah. name? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Fire Horse. Yeah. I was born in the year of the Fire Horse. So. Oh, I see. So yeah. it's not just a fire chicken kind of rip oh. there. I see. <laughs> rip on the firebird. Um, okay. So you got that. But, but were you, so you bought that car in Miami then? Mm-hmm. And then how did you get to Los Angeles? What, moved well, we here. took the 10. <laughs> <laughs> moved here in 13. So I had, um, become a member of the PCA in Miami, but it was really, sorry, but it was cars and coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and then when, when I moved here, I wanted to find somewhere where I could go to the racetrack because uh, with Neotech Luxury, we sponsored a, an event every year, which was my favorite event of the whole year, which was a track day. Track oh. days <laughs> at Pikes where? Peak International oh Raceway. Gracious. Yeah. First, we started at Pueblo uh, Motorsports Park, and then we moved it, and we would stay at the Boardmoor, and it was a networking event, and we would get to drive cars on the track, and they would bring uh, a lot of, actually, the guy from Benjamin West is a real big Porsche guy himself, and so he would bring all of his friends from the PCA from Colorado, Mm. uh, you know, from Boulder and, and everywhere, and they would all come to Colorado Springs with their Porsches and other exotics, you know, Cadillac Allards and really cool stuff and GT3s. Uh, There was an Aston Martin racing car. It was at the time the third, only three were in the United States. So it was really... uh, Was that James Corden? uh, No. (laughs) No. (laughs) His is a street car. Oh, that's right. No, but, you know, (laughs) that really got my interest. You know, these track days, I mean, I looked forward to it as soon as I left there in April, I was looking forward to next April. Yeah. So when we moved to uh, California, I was like, wow, this place is so beautiful with the mountains and the, the canyon roads. roads and lived in the Palisades. So the PCH was just right there. And it really sparked my passion for driving. And quite frankly, as well, you know, being a mother of two and a full-time business owner um, as a means of getting away. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just sort of having your time to yourself. Clear your head. Get your own time. Right. It makes perfect sense. 
listen to super loud, you know, <laughs> techno, trance, you know, deep house or <laughs> drama. Is that what you do to music. get in the groove? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I still never would have thought that. Yeah, I was secretly wanted to be a DJ as well. <laughs> Well, that I could see with your international, uh, you know, experience and everything. Yeah, man, I think that I think that you are maybe. We said this to Diane though. She maybe you might have to buy the boat and live in the marina and sell Dos Equis. Uh Okay, so you got the nine nine seven. Now in, in Miami, there's tons of cars, but there isn't really many places to drive. You know, no, you can do uh, the runway type driving. You know, fast zero to sixty, yeah. all that stuff. Oh, I didn't think 200 about that. Two hundred miles an hour, stuff. But there are, there are no turns. There are no hills. There's just yeah. just not good driving. Yeah, there's road. no good driving. Maybe. Ten lanes to go straight. All day long. Yeah. Uh, so now you've got the car. Now you've got the roads. Mm-hmm. What do you do first? You mentioned, oh, I'm doing a PCH and these other things. But did you uh, – we met you th- – you're in the Porsche Owners Club. And yeah. you're, I think you're in the PCA as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. um, different, so, different ones. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, so what did you start doing to then start working towards – I mean, you didn't have a car. You weren't even a driver. Yeah. Now you have a race car and you're learning yeah. to race cars. Right. That's a transition. It's a very I, I, different I, that world <laughs> that I don't think a lot of people can understand how that yeah. would happen. So, you know, like I said, the interest was sparked from the track days in Colorado. And when I moved here, I really enjoyed, you know, and, and it took, honestly, moving a business is super challenging. So yeah. we kept a showroom warehouse over in Miami and opened the same over here. So mm. it was sort of you the first both? few years were focusing oh, on, on yeah. both. Um, so there wasn't really much time other than the drives that were so inspiring to me. Uh, but I finally, you know, started researching in 14, where, where can I go? You know, um, that's not just cars and coffee. Of course, you know, I signed up for PCA Los Angeles. That's my region as well as San Diego for some of their racing. Um, but I wanted something more than that. So I found the Porsche owners club and I mean, the first time I'm going to cry, <laughs> <laughs> The first time I, you know, drove up the 14 to the track, to Streets of Willow, it was, uh, it changed my life, you know. Was this like a a life goal achieved, bucket list type item? I mean, I didn't even know what I was driving towards, but I was driving away from what I was coming from, you know, and um, it was something that I had wanted to leave for a while. And it sort of had been percolating in my brain. And um, and that's when it happened? That, like that's when that, it came out? That drive was kind of like, oh, you know, the troubles are sort of, you know, going going away behind me as I'm driving up oh. the 14. And, I mean, still that road the other day, I almost started crying again because it, it means that It'll come up every time, I'm every sure. Every time, yeah. Oh, isn't that so, wonderful? Yeah. I that's love a, that you have such an emotional attachment to it for such a good <laughs> yeah. reason. Yeah. So you heard us talking about before about the life reshuffle. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just have to say goodbye. Right. But I think it's also, it's not just reshuffling. It's as women, you know, we're always um, taking care of everyone, everything, you know, um, children, business, um, getting the groceries, cooking, husbands, you know, like everything. And you sort of don't have time left for yourself. Right. And I, when we moved here, um, I'm just going to say the first few years, 13 to 16, were the three worst years of my life. And on a personal level and just the whole, you know, business moving. And it was sort of, um, I had really forgotten who, who I was. Mm-hmm. And it was not fun, you know. And so 
that drive up to Streets of Willow with Porsche Owners Club. I mean, I walked in, and the only woman there was Lori, <laughs> Lori, who's now with Vision Motorsports. Everyone else was a guy, but I didn't care. You know, I worked in the male-dominated finance and accounting industry in New York. That. Who yeah. cares, you yeah. know? <laughs> but it was just fun. It was the noise, you know, of the cars. And, um, you know, I put all this really ugly, like, blue tape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Protective rock tip, sure. You know? And, but then, then I wanted to go more. But in 15 and 16, I really didn't have that much time. But every time I would go, there would be... I would get new color tape. It would be like white and red this time or, you know, <laughs> light blue, you know. And You're finding would, your way. Yeah, it was Baby really fun. Baby steps to yes. improvement. That sounds yeah. awesome. Put your stamp on it. Yeah, it was, really, it was really neat. And I would really look forward to, I would get up at four and then drive up and only stay till maybe the third session and then go home mm-hmm. to my kids again. Um now it's like, you know, Thursday new. through Sunday, you know, the, you know, now it's like the whole, whole thing, test days and whatever, whatever, whatever time I can get in, in the car. But yeah, I mean, this really, I mean, Porsche Owners Club and Firehorse, my 911, they both changed my life. Oh, I love it. And so I'm very attached to the car. <laughs> Yeah, well, I had we no idea it. that it was so personal to you yeah. in that way. I mean, you know that ours is to us for a very similar reason. I is mean, it just, really the yellow one? We I got love our it. car when we thought we weren't going to make it. Oh wow! It was one of those type of things. Well, we always wanted a nine eleven, not dissimilar. Yeah, let's just do it. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then obviously it's our mobility. I mean, you know, Mrs. Ryan can't walk that well, and now we can get her out there. I you loved know. your Christmas tree last week. <laughs> Still on the car. <laughs> Still that in the was garage. great. So you took it to VCLA. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, do you know the story behind that? And, no. And then get back to you real, real quick. Somebody brought it up to. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm You're fine. Too. <laughs> it's good. I know. I can tell they're good, happy tears. But what else? Yeah. Somebody brought it up to a Breakfast Club uh, on their car uh, just for photos, mm-hmm. and they were going to leave it there because it was a hassle. They didn't want to drive mm-hmm. all the way back to wherever they were going with it. Yeah. They said, yeah, I'm just going to leave it. I said, I don't think that's no. true. I think one of us is going to take it. <laughs> uh-huh. And then we got the lucky straw there. Yeah. So that was all. So then we just kept it. Now we're taking pictures with it everywhere. That's so it's adorable. Because cool, they had the Christmas theme last week at, at P- PEC. Yeah. yeah. That's special. Yeah. yeah. I think that's very cool. It's a pretty I don't think cool I would thing. put a Christmas tree on mine. No. <laughs> no. Well, look at the two. Look at the two. You know, yours is focused on the racetrack, and ours is kind of just a canyon whatever car. Yeah. No, I love your drives up, you know, um, to uh, where is it? Newcombs? Yeah. To Newcombs? Yeah, every Friday. Very cool. Well, if you're not doing anything from Friday morning, you should take the drive up. The drive is beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you have fire horse. Now you're doing the racing stuff. Uh, at some point, you decide, I need more power. You decide, I want faster. <laughs> what did you? How, at some point, you got a different 911 also. Well. Um, or is there a, something in the middle I'm skipping? Yeah. In the middle, there was a big trip, <laughs> big trip to uh, Dubai. And um, I really enjoyed my... Uh, my business trips, you know, for the same reason I enjoyed going to the track. It was so um, just wonderful, you know, traveling by myself. and The freedom. Walking through Paris Airport or (laughs) Frankfurt. (laughs) Yeah. But there was one flight on Etihad, which is an 18-hour direct flight from LAX to Abu Dhabi. And it flies over the Atlantic and the Sahara Desert. And it's such an incredible time to think up in the air and... 
When you're over nothing. Over nothing. Yeah. In nothing. And you, you're not reachable um, by anyone. There's no Wi-Fi. And it's such a peaceful feeling. And it's like the last free place on this Exactly. Not even on this earth. I yeah, guess. and I've really made some very important big decisions up there, <laughs> and so I had already, you know, been thinking about that. I haven't been happy for five years or so. This was an end of sixteen, and uh, rode a horse in the desert because the conference center wasn't ready for me to set up the booth, and in you know Dubai, in Dubai, the, yeah. Dubai That's conference nuts. center, and I always used I to love. <laughs> Riding Arabian, well, horses in general, but in Bahrain, which is very similar, the climate, it's desert and the sunset, the air is completely different. It's very magical, you know, when the sun sets there. And I took a taxi one and a half hours from the hotel. I, I had actually taken the wrong currency. I almost didn't have enough to pay for the taxi. You don't want to do that there. No. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't want to do that there. Not but the I, I got on the horse, and that was my epiphany moment, one of the biggest in my life where I said, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to um, focus on what I love doing, which is the race car driving. At that point, I was a track driver, and I'm going to name uh, – I named her – my Porsche 911 fire horse, that moment on the horse. So then we came back. I came back, me and her, <laughs> me yep, and yep, yep. fire horse in my head. And things changed. I, I focused. I haven't, uh, I've only missed one out of the last 38 or nine months wow. with the Porsche Owners Club. I couldn't go wow. to Chuck Walla this Whoa. year. It was, I had the kids, but. And so it's been three lot. years of uh, constant driving, trying to improve, and uh, three championships now. Yeah, so. <laughs> that doesn't suck. That feels great. It does doesn't not it? suck doesn't at all. Feel good? It feels really great. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of hard work, and but it's it was good to have a goal. You know, goals. The goal for each year in each class. First, it was stock. Then in 2018, I modified it slightly with Vision Motorsports. We put on a stock wing, which was so small. I mean, it was not great to look at because it was so, the one you saw. Right? Yeah, it was fine. But looking at it, it now, it's it was fine. Yeah. Hilarious. And, uh, <laughs> it was, though. It was like a stocky kind yeah, of Yeah, it was a, a stock. Arrow kit, yeah. And then uh, now in 2019, it's finally a GT4 class race car, which oh, wow. is amazing. I love it's a fab speed exhaust and the wing is huge and I and love vision, it. Is that vision? Set oh that yeah. Up? Vision Motorsports did yep. everything and they're uh, amazing. They're love in Laguna guys. Hills. And you know, the thing about race car driving for me is, and why I've chosen them to do the work is you're entrusting uh, the person with your life. And quite frankly, Dwayne, <laughs> Dwayne DeMent is is the best at what he does. He has 40 years of experience and he's uh, so talented with, he's a race car driver and a mechanic. So mm -hmm. he'll drive your car one or two laps and then he'll be like, okay. He knows what it is. He yeah. knows what it is. So to me, the safety was really important and it actually pains me to see some people try and do some major things to their car by themselves because it's not really safe, you know, or fair to other people if, you know, their oil starts leaking on the track. So there's a lot that goes into, there are many, by the way, there are many reputable Porsche shops. I, I just, you know, choose vision. They're very big into the racing, racing sure. thing and uh, building race cars and everything. Yeah. Los Angeles is not shy of excellent no, not race at all. shops, especially for Porsche. They're yes. fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want to go down all the lists, but right. yes, I can think of at least a half dozen on, the, on yeah. one hand. Mm-hmm. That's too many fingers. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, but at what point did you get the RS then? So now you're getting accomplished yeah. in fire, fire horse. Fire horse. So a year ago, um, I was. It was only a year ago. It was a year ago. So oh my in gosh. October, you know, you start thinking about what your next year is going to be and which race class you want to be in what you're going to need to do to your car, you know, how many more events you need to complete this year for the championship, that kind of thing. So last September, it was sort of like, okay, what do I want to do? Do I want to do GT4? Like, what is it? And so knowing that I was converting Firehorse, and the other option would have been to buy a different race car that was already a GT4. Interesting. I see why you had to tell it this way. Yeah. You you ruined Firehorse for the road. Right. So you needed another I needed another sweet car, and so the GT3 RS was has always been. I mean, totally practical choice. I know, right? So it's always Is been it my Prius dream. or the RS. <laughs> it's uh, it's been my dream for years. I love it. It sounds so amazing. It puts the biggest grin on my face every time I drive it, yeah. and that's without any. There's no modifications, and uh, it's just as it comes. As it comes, and so a few you years. Get white ag- with the black, right? GT silver. Oh, it's silver. Okay. With, you know, black and silver inside and yellow calipers and the martini livery. Of course. Of course. (laughs) But so a few years ago, I set up my email as Martina GT3 RS. You know, vision, visionary, like thinking, wishful thinking. It it works. And uh, it's been incredible driving it and so much fun bringing it to shows and supercar shows and driving it to the PEC. and. It's really been I, – I love the car. Have you taken that on the track at all just for the sake of it or not, is not really not any really. need to? No, there isn't a need to. I mean I have the 911 yeah. and as well as driving the Celine. So. Can we talk about that? Can we talk about your – now you've got a rough – so how did that happen? Was it based on your credentials from, um, from racing Porsche that you got a ride on Celine? How did – you want to tell us? Well, yeah. Um, I was at Cars and Copters with Silver Bullet, yeah. GT3RS. <laughs> oh, is that the name, yeah. Silver Bullet? Yeah. <laughs> Big Coors fan, are you? <laughs> could see Martina knocking back. So, um, and a friend, a friend from my Formula One fantasy group uh, walked over with two executives from Celine to my car at the show and introduced them to me. And it was Gabrielle Katchinger, who's the director of motorsports of Celine, who used to be the FIA technical director for many years. And uh, we talked about Celine. Um, honestly, you know, I'm, I wasn't really that familiar with American brands and certainly not a smaller American brand such as Celine. But of course, as soon as, you know, I love to research. So I went home and I was like, wow, you know, Steve Celine, the S7. Yeah, that's what I said. Did it start with the Mustangs or did he start with the supercar first? I never really knew how it started. Uh, well, he did race the Celine Mustangs, you know, and so he still, you know, works with uh, to convert the Celine Mustangs. And there's a huge following around the world. People love the Celine family in general. Yeah. And the Celine Mustangs and uh, the Celine S7s and as well now the S1, which is going to be a streetcar next year. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Is that a, mm-hmm. a ground up new thing or is that going to be a rebadge of another product, you know, like the Ford uh, Mustangs? Are oh, no, Celine. this so is, this is, a this is original um, Steve Celine, cool. uh, 
all the the cars for the Celine Cup series, which was running as part of the the Blancpain GT World Challenge series, were made here in Corona, California. Wow! So it's made in America by a family business, which I think is really special nowadays with all the big brands. And it's really rare. I believe in in small businesses, and especially a family as lovely as they are. You know. Yeah. It's um, and then Molly, I was racing with Molly Celine as well. So anyway, but getting to it, you know. So a few days later, Gabrielle calls, and you know, after the cars and copter shows, you know, what uh, would you, you know, would you like to drive the car as part of the Celine Cup? And I'm thinking she's offering you a seat. There's that casually. He he is. Oh, he. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. Wow. And I'm thinking to myself. Oh, my God. You know, I mean, there are so many more people who are experienced, females and males, at race car driving. You know, I'm relatively entry level. I was, I am entry level. Let's face it. It's been three years. Um, So I couldn't believe that they were offering me this chance to do this, you know. And, um, of course, I was like, you know, I've always thought about Richard Branson's quote where, and I've used it in my business where somebody asks you to do something and you're like, how the hell am I going to do that, yes. you know? But just say yes and then learn learn how to do it. Figure so, it I mean, after that, it was like simulators and... So did you, they oh, all made the offer? Did you hear it in your head? Did you hear Branson saying, just say yes, just say yes, yeah. just say yes? Yeah, I'm like, absolutely, no problem. I can do this, you know? <laughs> Great. <laughs> so... But it was like, wow, how the hell am I going to prepare myself to drive a car that's almost double the power mm-hmm. of my own? Um, it's turbocharged. I mean, it's, it's larger a, size, too. I mean, it's everything about it. It's bigger. Everything. You're, you're it's scaling up all around. Powerhouse, and it makes all sorts of sounds that I had never heard before, except um, at one point in my childhood. Yeah. So. What, what was that point? <laughs> you brought it up. Okay. <laughs> Living in Beirut, so. Oh, I'm sorry. I did not mean. <laughs> I didn't mean to make you emotional. So um, it, it just brought back those memories of that it time. It did. It actually. Um, when you fir- had to leave. The well, when we lived there, okay. so there were you know bombs and rockets and explosions every night. So when it um, during the day, my sister and I would collect empty bullet shells and bomb shrapnel for fun, and at night. Uh, that's when, you know, you would start hearing the machine guns come closer to your apartment building. And, you know, uh, the explosions would happen. And so for m- pretty much a lot of my life, I was afraid of the dark and afraid of the sound of fireworks. So everyone loves July 4th and December 31st. And I'm like, oh, you know, I really don't want to hear it, you know? I think that's perfectly understandable. So when I got in the Celine for the first time at Thermal uh, last May, this May, it freaked me out. I was like, what PTSD. The, what is this? You know, why am I afraid? Like, I'm pretty, I'm really courageous person in general. And because of the experience in Beirut, like, I've considered myself pretty fearless on a horse and a car, you know, whatever, you know, whatever I've done. But... Wow, that was uh, kind of a, a big big deal for me. So it took me a while to get over it, um, to be able to get in the car and be like, yep, you know, I, 
<laughs> I've got this, you know? Yeah. So That's a PTSD, right? I mean, that for sure. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. So when you say it took a long while, do you mean like, oh, it took 15 minutes, a couple laps, it took a few weeks, it took half the season? Well, Are you we, still not 100%? Oh, no, 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 no. no. So um, it the season started uh, in Portland in July, and then we did Watkins Glen in August, Road America in September, and we had the finale uh, in October in Las Vegas. So kind of July was one of the pivotal months for me where I was doing a lot of simulator training. I was basically at the PECLA every day. Wow. I would just drive there and, and you know practice the different tracks. And uh, then one day we had a uh, – we were doing a test day in Buttonwillow with the Celine. And I was still like, oh, I'm a little afraid of the car. You know, what What the hell is my problem? Like, get over it. Like, you know, what the, you know, like, come on. What's you the know, walk? it's just, get it's not it. like. Did, did you need, was it, was it the car? You were still in, uh, intimidated by the car? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So is it the type of thing where you almost need to lose it a little bit and then kind of find. Well. So there's a weird confidence that comes from losing it because then you know where the line is. You know what I mean? Assuming you don't hit the wall or something. Well, you go, th- oh, I've done that. Now I know I can against it I think uh to me it was the sound it wasn't the car itself or how it drove it drives amazing it actually now I love the sound and it's so fast I mean it's like lightning it's like a Kentucky Derby racehorse it was the sound so the day I was going to Button Willow driving over the grapevine again another one of those roads (laughs) (laughs) um I'm like, I finally realized what the hell it was. It was my association with living in Beirut. So what I did is I, on my YouTube, I listened at full volume. Uh, I found like a, a war war video. And I just listened to Decent. explosions and rockets being fired off. To desensitize yourself. Uh, yeah. and You acclimated to it. it. Wow. Yeah. By the time I reached the bottom of the grapevine, you know, I, Along the way, I had cried, and I was thinking about, you know, my sister and I had shared a room, but then after, you know, I had listened to it for so, like an hour, hour and a half, uh, I got to Buttonwillow, I'm like, wow, no problem. <laughs> I wow. can get in this It's car. a weird kind of exposure therapy. Yeah. yeah. Like. You reprogrammed and yourself. Yeah, we do that. We do yeah. stuff like that all the time. So I t- totally understand what you did, but it yeah. sounds not... It's all wet matter, yeah. neuroplasty. So you yeah. just took care of that program. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're so smart. Yeah. I love that you believe that you can do those things and then just go do. Yeah. So it was uh, an incredible season with them. And uh, now we're discussing 2020. About coming back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to? I would love to. Okay. I mean, it's really, um, I love Porsche, but I also love a lot of different cars. And the Celine is phenomenal. So as a race car, it's wow. I mean, you couldn't hope for more. And uh, the hospitality they had, I mean, the whole thing was, um, as the kids nowadays would say, very extra. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think that's just great. I'm so happy for you. It seems like you're living the dream. I mean, you're doing something you always wanted to do, and you've been successful in other things that you've already wanted to accomplish. I'm grateful. I mean, that's the most important thing. I think it's important um, to stay humble, number one. You can't take things for granted. You can't take life, health, anything for granted. Uh, Relationships. um, I think it's everything needs to be nurtured and 
you know, appreciated and, you know, it's, it's not just, oh, you know, lucky, you know, you know, just freely and luckily walking through life. It definitely takes, um, some thought and sensitivity and appreciation. So love that put Mm -hmm. in the effort. Mm hmm. Man, you've got a great energy. You're very calming. Did people ever tell you that? I mean, maybe that's the race car driver in you or maybe just everything you've been through in your life, but you're just really easy. I mean, I I try. Do you feel it too? I feel the chill. It seems race-like athletic prowess like to me so i immediately oh like someone who's in really good shape and so their heart rate's low yeah and who knows that they know what they're doing and so i bow down to that energy whenever i feel it is that is that true is it any of that right now yes i mean before you know the first few days leading up to a race weekend oh my god you know it's like nerves yeah the adrenaline's you know pumping and so one of my role models as a child was uh, bruce lee and oh, wonderful. one of the favorite sayings for me is, uh, be like water, my friend. So that's the common quality. And what made me think of it is watching um, Dwayne DeMent driving, you know, really? and, and he's so Dwayne amazing. from Vision. Yeah, yeah. He's so Zen-like driving and he'll just, you know, <laughs> he just gets in the car and it's like nothing. You no know? effort, right? No, it's just perfect that's what you want so i've learned so many things from him including you have to be smooth and calm you know you see in videos like people going like that and that's not not the way that's duke's hazard in fast and the furious you go through 26 gears and they do a quarter mile in about a minute and a half in fast and the furious none of that's real (laughs) yeah veils are lifting every way <laughs> All right. Well, we've gone the hour. We should probably think about wrapping it up. But what uh, what can we look forward to from you? What what you've? I yeah. mean, perhaps a Celine ride in twenty twenty. What about yeah. other stuff? So, yeah, I actually spoke to uh, Gabrielle Couchinger from Celine called this morning. So that was exciting. And I'm going. To oh, thermal. so this is. Yeah, maybe I'm going to about thermal to happen next week uh, on the 18th. And so Porsche 911, you know, club racing with the POC next year, the Celine S1, and we might also do this was part of this morning's conversation uh something with the china gt championship which really would mean Whoa. A lot to me again going That's home so cool and then uh i'm also uh planning on being a professional speaker hopefully at women's empowerment conferences good for next you. year yeah do you do a lot of these type podcasts and things like that do you do this i i do kind of regularly some podcasts I should. I, it's on here. I forgot to mention it earlier, though. But I, I don't want to mention it before we leave. Women in Porsche. You were participated in that as well, right? Uh, yes. Yes, I did. Is that a? It's a. You're from a, Lorena. A, Lorena yeah. Esposito. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how How was that experience? The video was great. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I haven't done her her video yet. Oh, okay. Uh, we were both. Uh, but there's some teasers. It looks like you. <laughs> it looks like you have. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, I mean we. We're also part of a group of women who were featured in Automobile Magazine recently with our Porsches. Women oh, I may Porsche. be confusing the, the yeah, things then. So there's the women in Porsche I consider uh, the ladies who were part of the Automobile Magazine. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, there are many different organizations. What am I thinking of, though? I saw a picture of you at the PEC with uh, Mariana Small and a bunch of other people we knew, yeah. and it was... Is that what I'm thinking of? The, that thinking? That's the Automobile Magazine group of ladies. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, Lorena, who's part of that, has her own 
you know, at Women in Porsche and Mariana Small and Christian uh, Nielsen have Accelerating Change, which is another women's organization. So, that one I don't know as much about, but I yeah. think that's track days as well, right? As well, yeah. That's cool. It's really cool. Really great. I mean, I would encourage anyone. Um, I'm here to help, like, anyone who wants to come to a track day, especially women. I, uh, I don't want anyone to feel shy to walk into the room with everyone still being a man almost which is knowledge crazy. is knowledge man you guys share it really openly and for anyone to intake anything like you're such a good source of that so thanks mm. for sharing that cars racing Porsche <laughs> just covered that Porsche versus Celine we got that childhood got a little bit more than we bargained for on that one uh how about this what do you do to relax is it just the racetrack now is that the answer do you ever do anything just for you? You meditate, you do the spa, hang out with friends, drink? Well, I'm, no, <laughs> what you, what I, no, I don't go out or go to bars or clubs or anything. Um, <laughs> that, that Shuffleboard? Was, <laughs> no. Um, I love horses, and so I'm looking forward to spending That's For me, it's really relaxing to be around on a farm and the whole smells and it's quiet and you know, I love how nostalgic you are. I'm I'm interrupting you, but it's it come up about four different times in this whole thing. I, I'm, I'm I'm everything is about nostalgia for me. I'm all about the feels. You seem to be connected to that stuff. Yeah, so I really enjoy um, being sort of in rem- remote locations where there aren't a lot of people around, <laughs> and just horses and maybe Dwayne. <laughs> yeah, so I love that. I love that. That's all you need. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, um, how do you feel? Do you feel good from this experience? I feel great. Thank you. You guys are, again, amazing. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> we appreciate it. We appreciate it. We'll You're take amazing. it. We're doing this, you know, and and we don't think we're amazing. That's for sure. You know what I'm saying? We all, Everyone thinks. Mm. You know what? I mean. We're not doing this because we think, oh, we're so good. We should have a show. No, that's I mean, not that's not it. You guys are different. You're real. You know, I mean, that's that's really good. You know, that's important nowadays. I think there's a lot of um, superficiality and, you know, on the surface kind of ha, 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 you know, kind of behavior. And that's not really what life is about. Yeah. So. Well uh, said. Well <laughs> said. Love that you get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're a delight. I hope we see you more often. Me too. Yeah. I hope so too. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think. Maybe the next. Uh, I don't know the next one, but one of these track days. Maybe we should just at least go out just to uh, audit at least, so you can see some of the stuff and maybe get a, maybe nice. get a ride and drive around, so you could feel what that's great. like. One of those things. That would be fun. We'll see. <laughs> uh, you're fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh, uh, the one thing. Uh, how do yes. people find? How do people stay uh, uh, abreast with all of the things going on? This is a segment we call <laughs> Billboard. Tell us about social media or anything else. However, people can find you. So um, I, I like Instagram a lot. So it's at Martina Kwan, K-W-A-N. And I have a website now uh, that's martinaquan.com. And Facebook, uh, it's Martina Kwan, but there's also <laughs> Martina Kwan business profile. Uh, LinkedIn, WeChat. <laughs> all the stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you keep up with it all? Are you able to? Are you able to do all the things you normally do in your life and the kids and the racing and, and business and everything else and then also keep up with five social medias? Well, like, you know, you kind of have to. Um, you know, when I oh, met you. the answer is when, yes. When, <laughs> I, when, I, when, I, when I met you on that drive up, 
that was my basically my first post in Instagram two years ago, and now it's you know it's uh, it is quite a lot of work actually. Yeah, you know it takes some time to research and really prepare the posts and yes. what to write, what to hashtag and stuff. If it's, you're mindful, some people just rattle yeah, that shit no, right it's, out. It's better to be, especially when you're posting like historic or other people's pictures. I think it's important to credit them, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So have your facts straight, get the facts straight. Know what you're putting out. <laughs> All right, Mrs. Ryan, what do we have tomorrow? Tomorrow's Friday. Oh, this this is the end of the week, Martina. Thank you so much for <laughs> celebrating with us. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, on a high note. In that case, tomorrow is uh, Breakfast Club. Mm, yes, comes. sir. Uh, Saturday is, la- I mean, a lot of things, but we'll be at LAG, <laughs> Lazy Auto Kennel Gathering, 9 to 11 down at Auto Kennel. And then Sunday is the 5C event, Girk 2's 5C at Mila, over at yeah. Mila Chocolates in Culver City. Highly recommend that cool. as well. Uh, lots of good stuff. There is no shortage of things to do in this town. <laughs> That's right. Do you ever run out of Porsche events? Oh, there's nothing to do today. <laughs> oh, there's no, ten there's things always, every day. Always something. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Ryan, I love you so very much. Martina Kwan, we love you so love very you much. So much. Thank you. We love you at home. Please love one another. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. <laughs>